Hi everyone! If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and I have with me today a return guest, uh, Mr. Mark Normandon. Mark, hello. I have no memory of being on the show before. Really? No, I'm just fucking with you. Oh, I was like, whoa. Yeah, you were. Um, Twice. You were on to talk about Assassin's Creed. I was. Your length. favorite game series. Well. <laughs> you're, you're, you're sort of bet noir. <laughs> I mean, it is one of my favorites, but, you know, it's a... Uh... Choosing the absolute favorite is one of those. It's like if you ask me, it's like, hey, what are your favorite video games or bands or whatever? I'm like, I will tell you the top five right, in sure. no order. And if you ask me to clarify further, I'm, I will leave this conversation. I'm just going to pick five more. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then we're not going to get anywhere. <sighs> um, well, one of, the, one of your favorites, and actually we're going to end up talking about another series today, although not in uh, nearly as much completion, uh, because I don't know how you would talk about this series in completion. Uh, there are too many games. Uh, but before I say that, how have you been? What have you been up to? Oh, boy. Um, Anything fun? Yeah, I mean, we, we had a baby a couple months ago, so that's been... I said fun. Well, that, that can be fun. Can um, it? Yeah, <laughs> I... Kate so might listen later. Your so. baby has been good. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, actually. I'm yeah, the, just kidding around. <laughs> the real adjustment has been how do we how do we make it so that the almost three-year-old b- still believes that we that we love her? Mm. Um, yeah. Th- that, was, that was only a problem for the first couple of weeks, and she's, she really has been fine since then. And she just gets likes along. the baby now? Yeah, she gets along with the baby and is, like, concerned if we are going somewhere without the baby. Or, you know, not both of us. We're not leaving the baby at home. You should leave uh, the baby at home. Toughens them up. Just hang out, baby. Yeah, they, they'll be fine. <laughs> but if like one of us is leaving and not taking the baby, Maddie's kind of like, uh, "Hey guys, what are you, what are you doing, leaving the baby here? That that doesn't make sense." <laughs> Maddie is a good sister. She is. Um, well, I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, you have. We should say it at the beginning and at the end of the show. You have a. Um, you have a, uh, newsletter that people can subscribe to. It's about baseball and labor issues. It's very good. Um, anything you have to say about that? I mean, I, I, you know, I advertise it as being like baseball exclusive, um, but it really isn't. I've been writing a little bit about, uh, pay issues in soccer and the occasional basketball labor thing and, uh, I did something about like Jay Z and the NFL recently. Um, yeah, that was good. Oh, thank you. Uh, some stuff on wrestling. It's, so it's kind of like it is baseball primarily, but I'm kind of branching out into into other areas. Uh, Feels like that's important. Yeah, I mean, there's a a it's stuff that I'm interested in. So I assume my readers are probably interested in it too, if they're kind of looking at this like niche newsletter that's about labor issues in baseball, I assume labor issues in sports in general are kind of like, <laughs> like they're at least read and be like, oh, hey, I didn't know that. And I would like You'd to have to more. assume they were sort of interested in it. Yeah. Right? And like, B, there's only so many topics, <laughs> even with all the 
horrible management bullshit going on in baseball. Um, I need other stuff to write about. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, this was actually an issue that I had with um, then John and I had with patch notes, where like after a while it was just like, okay, how often can we talk about um, video game companies behaving badly? Like, obviously, it's a huge issue and we need to talk about it, but good god, like it's 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 all we talk about all the time. Um, and at yeah. a certain point, it's like, okay, you got to skin the cat a different way. <laughs> I do not skin any cats in my newsletter. Just so right, clear well, to anyone listening. V- vegan newsletter. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> no need to brag. Um, well, in case you're worried about this awkward banter, I am. Uh, I'm putting this on as a bit. Uh, Mark and I talk all the time, so uh, I just I know what he does, and I know how to uh, get him to talk about himself. Um, I am interested, though, Mark, in what you've been playing recently. And what you've been playing recently, or what you've told me you've been playing recently, is uh, the the Link's Awakening re- remake. Remake, reboot, remaster? I, I'd say remake. Yeah, I don't... I, I guess it's built rebuilt from the ground up. So, remake. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a port of a Game Boy Advance game. I mean, a Game Boy Color game. Uh, what if it was? I mean, I'd still play it because it's Link's Awakening, but <laughs> unless it were like, here's $60 for it, I'd be like, yo, I have this like on my 3DS. It's fine. Right. Of course. Uh, but yeah, total, total from the ground up. Uh, I guess that's, that's a remake. It's not a, it's not a Capcom port where they just throw HD paint on a PS2 game. Right. And it's not a port like a, um, uh, it's not uh Devil May Cry where like, you know. Is that Capcom? Yes. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, oh, I, I know what I was thinking of. It's not a square port. Um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cost $120 now. And it's not also, uh, like, useless. Um, <laughs> like, oh, cool. We, uh, hey, we, we, we finally brought you Final Fantasy VI, and guess what? It has uh, updated sprites, because the thing everyone complained about was how good the sprites looked. Um, it's good. That's exactly where I was going to go with my joke about it. So I'm glad good, we're on I'm glad. the exact same page. I should probably let you tell the jokes. No, it's okay, because um, we can complain about the font next. The font. Uh, yeah, it's so bad. Awful decision. I'm not even a font person. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't like or care about fonts. I don't really know. Like, when I, when I put out the zine today, um, I had to finalize it, and I had to pick a font. And my choice was, I was like, well... Uh, what's what's a font? What font am I gonna pick? And the font I chose was uh, like, what was it called? It was like New Droid, and I was like, oh, uh, that's good because it has the word Droid in it, and it's fun. <laughs> um, like I I can't I have no idea what fonts are or what they do, um, and even I know that the font in the Final Fantasy remakes is just atrocious. Yeah, it's it's so bad. I think they're doing it. It's because of all the times that I've tweeted Final Fantasy VI is better than seven. So their response was, I mean, this is personally against me, is, is their entire business plan, uh, is mm-hmm. to make Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII like an 18-part remake uh, where they expand on the original game. Yeah. Uh, and they, they do a shitty version of Final Fantasy VI. It's definitely yeah. not because they went to remake Final Fantasy VII and realized the game is kind of garbage in a lot of ways and needed Ooh. a ton of work. This to, is dangerous. I have made this point a lot, and people get real mad at me. Well, that's because people have shitty taste. Some people, I mean, I, I, I loved playing Final Fantasy and have wonderful, well, Final Fantasy VII, and I have wonderful, like, formative memories about it, but um, I think the story is is really quite quite shoddy. Um, I'm honestly, I, I, I hope the remake is making the game everyone thinks has already been released. <laughs> like that no really I'm not I don't even mean that in like a like a mean snooty way like I hope the remake ends up being exactly what people remember the original being. Hmm. Um like that would kind of be a first for a remake. Well cuz they filled in all the they filled so what they I don't know if you remember the Final Fantasy 4 remake. We are uh, so I, far from I I do. I do. The, the, that's Final Fantasy 2 US, yeah. right? Yeah. They added in all this extra stuff that they had to cut because it didn't fit on the cartridge back in 1991. You know, they sure. hadn't perfected, like, how you were doing Super Nintendo cartridges back then. Um, so there's all this extra backstory that helps explain, um, uh, like, Cecil's upbringing and Galbez's time before he was evil and the relationship between all these different characters. And it it really added to the story. It made a much better story. Okay. Um, so I hope that 
we get a Final Fantasy VII game that actually makes sense now and is, like, people haven't had to fill in all these blanks with, like, their headcanon or just, like, the Final Fantasy VII spinoff novels or whatever the hell has been coming out for 20-plus years to <laughs> make people feel like this is more coherent than it is. I can't believe you haven't been paying attention to the uh, Final Fantasy VII idol competitions. It's uh, <laughs> extremely messed up of you. <laughs> no, uh, I agree. That, that game might actually rule if... Um, I, I, I'd play it. <laughs> um, well, it's Final Fantasy X2. Uh, so. uh, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think, like, you know, it's... Uh, to get back to sort of, like, the, the topic at hand just a little bit, because I know people probably get irritated with me when I go off on Garden Paths, even though I like it. Um, you know, I think one of the problems with remakes is that you are either doing what you just described and, like, producing a game that couldn't have been produced uh, in the moment and is sort of, like, uh, actually the game people imagine when they talk about the thing. So, like, you know, uh, what am I thinking of? Like, if you were to... It's sort of like Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man in a way, which is a weird way of saying it, but, like, Pac-Man's fine, but when people are like, oh, I, like, I spent so many time, I spent so long at the at the arcade playing, Miss, playing, playing Pac-Man, like, I wasted so much time, probably they're talking about Miss Pac-Man, which is a much better game. Um, and so, like, and much more robust and, like, competent. All that stuff is, like, is to say, I bet, I would not be shocked, right, if... Um, if Final Fantasy VII looks like that because they're sort of like remaking the game and making and, and fixing the bad parts, um, either you get that or you get a, a version where you're just like, well, I, I really hate this. Like, I hate what, what has been done here and uh, and I am mad about it and I'm going to post about it online. <laughs> um, and I, that's no good either. That just makes everyone upset and uh, wastes everyone's time. So, like, it's kind of a good thing that Nintendo sort of decided, yeah, look, we'll keep the basic plot, but we're going to change this game almost entirely from the ground up. Oh, Square, you mean? No, I was talking about Link's Awakening. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> circling back, you're right. I know, I'm uh, circling back. Um, it's what we in the business like to call uh, pro strats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it's great. You know, they still do the, like, so now it doesn't do the... You know, in the Game Boy, you can only have one screen, that little block, you're, the box you were in at a time. Yeah, sure. And every single, you know, area was like a room, essentially. Uh, so you had all that screen shifting constantly because uh, mm -hmm. it was, you know, kind of a necessity. It's, of it's the, the Game, Game Boy. Boy, yeah. The Game Boy didn't have a lot of power to it. Yeah. Yeah. So they still have some of that, like, shifting, but it's much less. Hmm. Um, because the whole world is like, it's, one, it's all one connected space. It's like loaded all at once, I think. Okay. Um, so hmm. it's it's that's like one way they made it completely modern. That's cool. That they were able to program and use, you know, today's processing power to do that. Uh, and it, it was nice. It was so... It was funny because some, some of the traits of the old setup remained. I mean, I'm sure you remember the uh, the huge... The screen that was like all grass to cut. Yeah, Like early in the village, um, which I think is where I learned about the concept of like farming for anything in a Farming game. for gold. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, it's like I'm six years old playing on a Game Boy, and I'm like, oh, if I if I just go to the screen back and forth a bunch of times, I'll have enough money to go to the item shop and go to the game and, you know, do uh, the crane game. Crane game's and, so uh, fun. Ah, oh, the crane game's great. Um, Much better than real crane games. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, although I loved them when I was a kid, I do not so much like them as a parent. There's one at the mall that we Ugh. go to all the time with little, like, rubber duckies or, like, other animals that are the exact same uh, material, texture. Hate. Um, hate those well, things. It's it's good because you win no matter, like, it just lets you keep going. Well, that's important. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll mess up a bunch of times on purpose to, like, stretch it out so that Maddie is, like, fully entertained and feels good by the time she gets something. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good dad strategy right there. Um, I'm, I'm for that. That makes a lot of sense. Um... <laughs> So what has been changed? I mean, obviously, a lot of people who listen to the podcast have played uh, both Link's Awakenings, and we could talk about Link's Awakening as, like, an entity, which I think we, we certainly should. But, like, what's been changed about uh, Link's Awakening such that, like, it is a remake? What is, what's new? What, uh, what looks different? 
<laughs> well, this is not important, but it's still. I forgot to finish the grass thought. If you move, oh, far oh enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you forget to move, if you move far enough away from it and come back, it's all back. Oh, um, but it'll nice. do it in like little waves, so it won't do the whole thing necessarily. If you didn't move far enough away, it's just like you moved far enough away distance wise instead of screens wise. Uh, now so it's like, like real. That's like real farming though, like in in video games. Not like real farming in real life. That's yeah. <laughs> very very not a lot in common with farming in video games. Farming in real life, but. <laughs> Weeds grow fast. They do not grow that fast. <laughs> right. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, the it, it is like it is like farming in an MMO or something like that where you have to, like, okay, if I want this thing to come back, I need to go far enough away or yeah, yeah. stay away a long enough time as opposed to just, like, Game Boy logic, which is, yeah, we're just going to have to make this screen every time because if I have to – if I, the Game Boy, have to remember how much grass you cut, I am going to freak out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's little things like that that make you realize like oh they were still retaining you can play it exactly like you played the original okay uh but they've they've like cleaned up a lot you know along the way to make it feel the same way but uh, you know act in a way that it should in 2019 did they change uh, the story at all is the is the story the same or oh it's exactly the same okay um the same weird stuff too with um they didn't add like new non Zelda characters to uh-huh. it, as far as I know. I think it was the same. Cloud's same not exact in it. Enemies. <laughs> no, no. Cloud is Cloud is not in it. Um, okay. Although I think strange in the, choice. I think in like the fourth or fifth uh, remake for Final Fantasy VII, the fourth or fifth disc, uh, <laughs> I think there's going to be a tie-in. So oh, we'll good. See, it might be exclusive to people who buy the remake on uh, Switch. On Switch, of course, which so. hasn't been announced, but will be quite soon. Well, they, they're just working out the details of, you know, this. <laughs> Link is going to save Cloud from Sephiroth. Um, I don't want to spoil too much, but... Okay, all right. Well, I'm, I, I think we're all... I think I can speak for everyone when I say, I can't wait. Um, so, uh, so, same story. That's kind of an interesting gambit in my mind, because Link's Awakening was such a, such a unique game when it came out, um, in that, like, it was the first game that I recall being, like, just incredibly strange. Um, and, like, it sort of, its identity was, like, this is going to be a weird game. Like, this is a strange, strange game. Um, I, like, even even insofar as, like, I guess, I guess Zelda 2 and Mario 2 were sort of like this, but, like, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, you get there and it has nothing to do with any of the, any of the stuff that you that you know from Zelda. You're not like, you're not instantly in the world of Hyrule that you understand. It's a dream. There's this wind fish. Like it's, it's all so different, right? So like, I mean, uh, do you think the story still holds up in the same way or is it, is it, does it seem to be doing something different? Is it all nostalgia at this point? Like, how did you, how did you find the story as like a, uh, you know, a, a oh, I'm going to lie about your age. So it sounds good. So uh, cut this out later. Of course, a uh, uh, 22 year old man, um i think it still works uh you know i played it i played it back probably not immediately when it came out but you know Mm -hmm. whatever the frequency with which you got games when you were yeah when the game boy was out um not super frequently (laughs) yeah i mean it was i never played anything like it at that point there was nothing like it at that point sure Uh, not even within zelda um and i played it again you know, um, I think on the 3DS release, they put it on, like, the virtual console. Okay. Um, so, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. Um, loved it then. It's still held up. And, you know, this, this like, fancy new one. The only thing is it's, like, it's short, you know? Um, yeah, sure. But Just like games were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Link to the Past is really short, too. So I, f- I feel like people kind of forget that, that that you can blow through that game and, like, getting everything in a, in a long af- afternoon, essentially. Well, yeah, if you know what you're doing. I mean, like, that's the yeah. thing, right? Like, it's not it's not as if... You know, these games were built for experiential uh, playthroughs, and, like, yeah, of course, like, you, you go ahead and you play them again. I mean, that's what you did with video games. You played them over and over and over again, But and you still do. I mean, people... That's not, that's not something that has gone away, no matter what people will uh, bemoan. But, like, at the same point, you know, you look at a game like... Um, well, you look at a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? Where, like, it's not necessarily about 
uh, well, it might be about figuring stuff out, but it's also certainly about, um, you know, making sure there is, you know, so much content for you to play all the time. Um, that is just not the way that old games worked. I mean, they were, and especially yeah. Zelda games, right? Like it, it was, it was, oh, you know, like you're here to learn about like how these dungeons work. And once you're done learning how these dungeons work, um, it's going to be pretty easy for you. Yeah, and you can always pick it up and play through it another time or challenge yourself in some way or, um, you know, see how... Like, I, I know Link's Awakening has... And they, they kept this, the, the like, no-death ending. Oh, cool. Um, really? Yeah, which I totally forgot about. And uh, <laughs> not to brag, but... How does that work? I got it. Um, the ending changes if... Um, if you don't if die. You don't, if you don't die, the whole game. Okay, so it's not a matter of not like it's not a non-lethal ending. You're not talking like Undertale. Oh yeah, no, it's 0. not zero point uh, one or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Deus Ex Machina, <laughs> Link's Awakening. <laughs> that would be um, wild. Um, <laughs> I, I I was just I was like, man, how would that even work? Like, how do you how do you <laughs> you have to beat bosses? You can't just. Well, that's uh, really what that's really what hurt the Deus Ex games, isn't it? That you oh. had to kill the bosses. That's right. That is what hurt the, the yeah. And they're garbage, and everyone. Hit, no, I'm just kidding. I'm here to complain about every franchise that isn't Zelda today. Apparently, that's that's, <laughs> that's what you're goal. here to do. Um, I know your feelings on Deus Ex. You like it, so don't. I like the. I like the. What was the? The one on the 360, the first one. I did like that. I played it a couple times. And you uh, mean Deus Ex? Or? No, no, because that game. That game. That was older. a PC game. Yeah, yeah. No, the first 360 one that came out when they like rebooted the franchise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like that sure. one. Okay. They referenced Steven Strasberg in, in it. Really? And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Strasberg. And, wow. Uh, well, because they made a joke about like the I think the Expos were still in Montreal when they had drafted Strasberg. It's like on a note in a computer. That but that's not true. In. No, it's just like they're. Someone, they're in the developers in Montreal. I'm pretty sure. So that was. Oh, uh, okay, I understand. It was like a little in joke. I don't know why I got mad about that. It's simply <laughs> not true. <laughs> the Nationals. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> don't freak um, out here. So what else? What else did they change? Oh, the the control scheme is. I mean, you, you did what you could on the Game Boy. Sure. Um, two buttons. So that's what you got, you know, but you like you'd have to be like, I'm going to equip a feather so I can jump and, um, you know, my ocarina so I can like play the song that I have to play. And you would have no sword, and no shield. Right. Sure. Uh, so now they have dead. You know, there's far more buttons on a switch controller. So they have dedicated buttons. So wow. it feels, it feels more I, like a seamless like Zelda I, experience. I didn't even remember that the ocarina was in Awakening. Yeah, you need it for multiple things. I mean, it, it predates Ocarina of Time. Ocarina. Of course, yeah. Well, that's how you wake the windfish, right? Like, that's... Yes. Yeah. Not, that's how you, it, no it, spoilers, like, you end up waking the windfish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 30 seconds into the game, the owl shows up and is like, buddy, you're here, you're pissing off the monsters with your existence, and you need to wake that windfish. Gotta wake up the windfish, kid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the windfish, which is neither wind nor fish. It's a big old egg. <laughs> the uh, owl, I think the owl actually says that, though. He's like, does he? It is, it is neither of those things. Huh. Um, so I have a lot of questions about this. But, the, um, <laughs> you know, what's what's curious to me about about coming back to A Link's Awakening is thinking about this game in the legacy of Zelda. Like, I mean, you're talking about so this this is post this is post Link to the Past. Mm hmm. Um, same link, I think. Same what? It's the same link that's in Link to the Past, too. Well, aren't they all the same links? No. Excuse me. It's some like it's some like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff, which is like unto each generation a link is born. You know. You're gonna have to talk me through this. Um, <laughs> I was yeah. under the impression that it was all the same link. Absolutely not. Okay. Buddy, there's a whole timeline to work through. Is one of the links uh, MAGA now? Like no. Like Buffy? I don't think so. Wait, what? Yeah, the first Buffy, uh, movie Buffy. She's MAGA. Oh, we don't talk about that. Well, but she is. I mean, Yeah, but that's, that's, inca- that's not the TV series. But that's the point of including that lore, the, right? I don't care if those producers from the movie got producer credits for the show, even though they never worked in the show. It's different. It's different. But, 
that is the point of that lore, right? Where it's like, unto every generation a Buffy is born. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that, you, you've heard of Buffy before, but of course, like, that's, that's why. <laughs> but it's a Slayer, not a Buffy, but uh, yeah. Um, no, there's whole, there's all kinds of, there's different links constantly, which is, I think, why people keep being like, please make, you know, make Link the woman in this one. Oh, make right. Zelda, make Zelda the man, because you could do that. It's like, why can't there be a prince with a Triforce of Wisdom? Uh, well, I just answered my own question. Boys aren't very smart. <laughs> um, but no, um, yeah, no, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't actually know that. I just always kind of assumed that, uh, you know, this kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting thinking back on it. Like, I think the games that I really sort of associate with enjoying Zelda and learning to enjoy that that series are A Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, which are so weird in so many ways. Mm-hmm. that I just kind of accepted that, like, weirdness was part of the story. And I was like, all right, well, fine. Like, uh, it's it's weird that the Link in, uh, you know, um, I'm not going to actually say the name of it because I forget what it is and people will make fun of me. Uh, but the people who are, you know, pe- the people uh, who find Link in whatever village he's in, in Ocarina of Time. Um, oh, the, yeah, yeah. The Kokiri village or whatever. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Kakiriko? Yeah, who knows? But, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, I just assumed that was the same link. I was like, well, it's weird, but yeah, sure, Ganon showed up again, and it's just different now. Um, and I guess that's that has something to do with, like, the, the suspension of disbelief you have to have to enjoy Link's Awakening, which is that, like, yeah, you're on an adventure, but, like, it's, it, it's just a dream. I want to get back to the dream thing for, in a second. Okay. But... So that's what's so a lot of the the especially the handheld Zeldas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they'll do like, okay, here's Link to the Past, and then here's another game starring that same link. So it's not like you've already done his like origin story and now oh, you're doing okay. further adventuring. So Majora's Mask was the Link's Awakening to Ocarina of Time. No, it was Oh, oh, oh. I thought you said it was Link's Awakening too. I was like, <laughs> no, no, the that's, that's not too. right, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making everything up now. Uh, this is wrong. In half an hour, I'm going to be like, everything I just said was a lie. <laughs> you're just going to do the, you're going to do the cool professor move. <laughs> I need sunglasses on. No one will see me take them off, but I'll know. <laughs> um, so uh, Phantom Hourglass was a sequel to Wind Waker. Same link, same okay. world. Uh, you know, they do a lot of like that. Um, but yeah, they're all other, other than those direct sequels that take place in like the very specific timelines. Um, they're all different links. And then there's the three different timelines. So why is, why is Zelda so complicated? (laughs) It's, I love the timeline thing. It's amazing. I'll send you, um, I'm not going to do it now because we can't go through, we literally cannot go through all of it. That would be, um, that would be miserable listening. (laughs) I have to. Even even I have my limits. I have the Hyrule Historia book, and it lays out the timeline and why they diverged, and it has to do with the events of Ocarina of Time. I mean, that totally makes sense, um, given that you're messing around with time. Yeah, I actually. We all know. We all know what your favorite show, uh, good old Doctor Who, says about time. I've never seen Doctor Who. I wa- I tried. I, I, so before I got on Twitter, and um, everything was just a. Uh, an avenue for me to be cynical and mean spirited, um, as my as my uh, sister's boyfriend once said, uh, he believes I'm the most cynical person he's ever met, which is um, not fair, I don't think. But uh, Dominic and I get along, so I'm not mad at him. Um, but uh, Twitter hasn't helped, and I will say, before I got on Twitter, I was like, oh, every you know, everyone in my grad program loves this Doctor Who uh, fellow. Um, I, I should check it out. Um, and, uh, I didn't like it. Wasn't, wasn't my cup of tea. Um, it had a lot of sort of like, uh, had a lot of the jokes that people I think make fun of, um, people who like Doctor Who for enjoying. (laughs) But, uh, Doctor Who always talks about that tiny wimey stuff. Which is, uh, just what you're, what you're, what you're referencing when you reference that classic game, uh, uh, Doctor Who, uh, Attack of the Daleks. <laughs> it's, it's, 
it's I'm a, kind of a completionist for a lot of shows, so um, if a show gets canceled before I've like watched the last season of it, I'll just kind of stop because I'm like, well, whatever they did, right, isn't going to lead to anything. Like I don't care anymore. I can understand that. Um, so people are like, okay, you got to watch Doctor Who. Just skip the first fifty four seasons, and <laughs> then watch the next eight seasons. And that doctor's okay. And then the doctor after that is there for like five seasons, and he's all right. So you can watch like half of those episodes. And I'm like, no, fuck this. I'm not watching this show. I actually feel the same way about that, where like if people are like, well, you just like, and it's funny because I've told people that too. Like I've told them about, although I always frame it differently. So like I've said similar things about um, maybe one of my top three shows, uh, Justified, um, to people where I say to them, hey, look, like, what you're going to want to do with Justified is, um, you know, go ahead and uh, tolerate the first six episodes. They're trying to figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the story yet. You don't you don't get you don't get fun Walton Goggins yet. You have to you have to wait for that. Um, and it, but like I would never tell people to not watch those episodes because to me that's that's crazy. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's insane not to not to actually like it, not to watch every single episode. Um, the very idea. Uh, so Doctor Who is is a hard one for me too. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a hundred seasons. So the dream thing, and this is part of the reason I think the story still really holds up now. Oh, excuse me. I think what's wild is that you are led to believe that it is Link's dream. Yes. Like you start getting hint. The game is not subtle about that. It could be a dream and all this stuff. The enemies you fight are called nightmares. The name of the game is Link's Awakening. You know, there's you wake up, watch like watch the shore on a beach in a place you've never heard of. There's I mean, listen, of, subtlety was not big in those those eras for video games. But they used it as a way to make you think that it was Link who was dreaming. Yes. So it makes you think that the like the price to pay for defeating all this and waking the windfish is that Link wakes up from his dream, and only Link's dream ends. Uh, and then it turns out the windfish is the one dreaming. And you are within this dream, which <laughs> right. means you like you have stumbled into this world. And what and, happens when you end that world? Yeah, because it makes it a lot more real if you were in something else's dream that will continue to persist when you aren't there. Like right. it existed pre-Link. And, and Link is going to, to end it. Yeah, it has nothing. Its existence has nothing to do with Link other than his ability to end it. Hmm. So that feels a lot heavier and there's like much more it's a lot more to think about <laughs> in terms of what that means because all these Zelda games and maybe it, it has more weight even even more weight now in 2019 after we've done you know 30 30 plus years of Zelda games and knowing that uh, almost without exception um, Link saves everyone all the time in ways big and small like yeah that is a, like he helps Link's a hero everybody yeah, he's a, he's a, he stops his big world-saving mission to help you get your chickens back. Like, he does all the stuff in between. Um, Link's equal opportunity, basically. He will, yeah. he will, big or small, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and so in this game, it's like, okay, Link, you can escape this idyllic dream world. Uh, all you have to do is murder every living thing and wipe <laughs> the island off the face of the map. And that's the only way you get a winning condition in this game. So, like, yeah, it's not even a choice. It's sort of like the game just says, yeah, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Help you live with yourself. <laughs> um, oh, if you don't die in the game. So uh, I don't know if you remember, but you have that little talk with Marin, who's supposed to be like the Zelda stand in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, First Marin, right? Unless I'm mistaken. Only one, right? No, Marin's in. Um, she's in um, all the. 3D Zeldas, isn't she? No, they made someone who looks like her, but she has a different name. What's her name of those? I forget. I don't think it's Marin, though. I think it's Marin. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking of Mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, Link, who's your guys? <laughs> so say. she says, you know, she could be anything. She wants to be a seagull so she can fly free. So Yeah, Marin's in all these games. Is she? Well, Malin. Malin? Uh, see, that's different. Well, so... There's Malin and Marin. Oh, yeah, we're, it's it's um it's the same thing. It's just a translation. No, I know. I mean, it, I'm just telling you. It's... And then in the last game, she's uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Eggman. 
Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Yeah. And good. Um, yeah, good for her to get her degree like that. Good for her. <laughs> but if you don't die... No one die, thought that she could. <laughs> if you don't die, she becomes a seagull, and then the seagull gets a degree. <laughs> uh, but you see her while you're, like, back out at sea holding onto a piece... Link's holding onto a piece of his boat, and it's like, oh, cool, I just committed genocide, but at least I'm awake. Right, exactly. Um, he sees a seagull flying by, and you're like, oh, the windfish had the power... To make Marin into a seagull, and she granted, you know, the windfish granted her wish. <laughs> then it's kind of like, well, why didn't, why didn't you use your power to make all of these people not be dead while you were awake, windfish? Yeah, it's a little strange. Um, I mean, did they all die? Are we are we sure of this? Did the windfish is the windfish just actually a benevolent king of some sort? I don't know. I mean, the island vanished, and Link was back, back out in, back out in the ocean, holding on to a piece of his boat. We also don't know if Link survives, because there is no other game with this Link. It just doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's the end. Huh. That's the end of games with that Link. That's the end of this podcast, folks. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, it's interesting. It's like it's a... And and probably one of our most beloved Links at that. Yeah. Except for the genocide. Uh, Well, I mean, we still can't beloved him. Ellen is still friends with him. (laughs) Oh, boy. Topical. Ah, Better ah. get this episode out quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Ellen is still friends with him. Um, so you actually mentioned another game in terms of um, when we were talking about this uh, in thinking about like, okay, um, new new link is out. What what can like? There's a lot to talk about with this new link um, and and its connection with the old link and its connection with the series. And there's one game that stood out, and I'm sure it's going to come as no surprise to anyone that that game was Majora's Mask. Um, the the sort of, like, very strange N64, um, not exactly sequel to Ocarina of Time. Um, now, you like this game. <laughs> it's my favorite Zelda. I'm just kidding. It's a great um, game. Um, <laughs> so why is it your favorite Zelda? Uh, probably because... I mean, a big part of it has to do with what I was talking about earlier, actually, uh, which was a setup to this conversation. Ooh, nice. Um, Link, there is, like, Link doesn't actually help any of the people in the ways he normally does because of the the time mechanic. Right. So you you do all these things to help all these people in the little ways that Link normally does, but then time reverses by three days and they still have all of their little problems and they remain unsolved because the only way for you to save the world is to ignore everyone's problems. Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, while I was playing it. Um, I, I've never finished the whole thing. Um, and, I mean, that's not surprising uh, because I um, uh, I hadn't played it until very recently. But, um, you know, like the game, the game is fascinating when you get to a certain point because you're like, oh, yeah, everyone – Everyone, this all goes back. Like, in fact, every single place goes back. Even the Zoras and the Gorons that I help, like, their problems start again. And at a certain point, I just started thinking, I was like, I wonder how far you could get in this game. Um, what, and basically, like, how far you could get without ever solving every single problem, basically. Like, how many of them could you actually get to? And, of course, I mean, not many, <laughs> I don't think. Um, I don't know. Yeah, if you if you skip the actual like dungeons, if yeah. you, like if you ignore the Goron's problems and the uh, the Zora's problems, uh, and you just focus on the people in the town, I, I mean, don't think I don't think it's possible. Well, because the the dungeons take so much time. Well, I mean, I'm so, but I was gonna say like I I think like part of that is that like the Zoras and the Gorons and like. All the all the various dungeon based problems, the the Deku uh, problems, and all like those are the some of the most compelling ones. Like they're some oh, yeah. of the most horrible problems. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't really let you get away with it, and you can't you can't even do everything because it, you can't even do everything within the village if that's what you wanted to focus on. Because there's some things that happen at the same time, so right. you have to choose. Uh, and there's one there's one quest that takes literally until moments before the moon crashes into uh, the village. Earth. <laughs> Are they on Earth? I, I know. know they're not. I don't think. I think Hyrule takes place in a different world. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, you like you can't if you do that, you actually don't have enough time to like get back to then defeat uh, Skull Kid. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like you can be like, okay, well, mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> wow, two George Bush references in one podcast. <laughs> That's worth a drink. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a weird game that way, and I think like what's also weird about that game is. So like I, I mean, there's there's the story about how it's a, a commentary on uh, like it's basically the designers having to deal with with like the the reality of crunch, um, and I don't know like I think I think in some ways that is very interesting and uh, compelling, but I also think it's sort of a it might just be a story we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> um, is Nintendo like the least crunchy studio going also, to? So I know that the thing the about bigots. the thing about I, I think you're right, but I think the thing about um, and I mean someone will probably correct me because I did say that Epic wasn't uh, uh, didn't do grind, didn't do crunch that much, and then like eight people sent me an article saying that like Epic had just been like there was a huge controversy and Epic had been doing like terrible crunch to their employees that was oh, like worse than anything. And he was like, oh okay, well I was wrong. Um, but yeah, like the I think like the the idea was they needed to get out a sequel to um, Ocarina of Time in like eighteen months. Oh jeez! And I mean, they could use all the same assets, but like basically, yeah. like and and it was just like that was what they had got. That was the the order from the top. And uh, Majora's Mask was sort of like a commentary, and I mean, also the only way they could do it, very quite clever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I never really bought that. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't think that. <laughs> I don't really see that as like a Nintendo thing to do necessarily. To be like, oh yeah, like we did this like extremely political thing. Um, <laughs> seems unlikely, but uh, you know, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, the one thing that I will say it is a commentary on is it does do pretty compelling commentary on what it means to, like, play video games and, like, what it means to feel accomplishment in video games and things like that. Because you do have to make choices in the game, but at once you can make every choice in the game and finish everything, which is, of course, everyone's dream if they're completionists like me. It's like, oh, I, I never want to have to make choices. I wish I could just make every single choice and see everything unfold. Um, but also none of the choices matter ever, uh, because of what you just said, like it's, it, it, you can't, you can't, you don't have enough time to actually make any of it count. Um, and so like, that seems like a, a pretty direct commentary on like, okay, here's what you're doing with your time. <laughs> like here's, here's what's happening here. You can make a difference and you absolutely cannot make a difference. And you're just going to have to grapple with that as you go through this. Um, cause it's not just a mechanic, right? Like it, it, that game works because it's also like a mood. Yeah. I mean, it's not a happy game. Cause no. even when you, even <laughs> when you manage to successfully do something or help someone, um, you have to turn back the clock and then you turn back the clock and all of your help is gone and you are the only one who have gained from it. So it makes it, it also makes it the least, uh, selfless Zelda game. Oh, 100%. Uh, which is weird because most of the time, you know, you're just like, well, he's a hero. This is what you do. You just help people. It's like you don't have to give him a reward or whatever. There's st plenty of stuff you do that doesn't give you something you need, but you do it just because. Uh, and this one, it's like, no, I, everything I am doing is for a very specific reason. <laughs> and like, yes, it's to stop the moon from falling on everyone and killing everyone. But like the little stuff that's usually there. Right. Yeah. If, you're, if, I'm, if I'm helping someone out, it's almost always because like... Um, there's a rumor in my in my diary or like in in the in the really big things like I'm helping someone out because I need their mask or like I need some way to like get into a different area. And the only way I can do it is if I help these people deal with their problems. Um, it becomes very much like a like a fetch questy sort of thing. But before mm -hmm. fetch quests were a thing and uh, far better than than most fetch quests. Yeah, it's um, interesting. The emptiness is intentional yeah absolutely um oh no i had another point oh Where'd now it it's go? gone oh no gone forever we, we can cut this part where i'm trying to remember nope nope it's in uh, um that's unfair 
Uh, well, actually, uh, Julian always says that he keeps the stuff in when I say cut it. So um, it's it's like what they do on YKS. But um, yeah, I mean, I think like you know the the way it is the way that the game kind of like makes you feel bad. I guess this is why I'd say like wh- the, the, why I'd say that it seems like a commentary on gameplay is that the game makes you feel kind of like desolate and and uh, kind of like not hopeless. That's a little harsh, but like a little bit like your actions don't really matter that much up until like and you have to like turn back the clock and reset things so often and, and reposition mm-hmm. things that eventually, I mean, to me, it started feeling almost Zen like and then there was a reaction to that where like, oh, actually, it's not really Zen-like because there's still the panic of, you know, having to do these things when the time happens. And it really does become like very depersonalized and very much like you. Uh, it's solipsistic. That's the word I'm looking for. Like Ooh. it's an extremely solipsistic game. The only person who actually matters in the game is uh, Link. Which is so unlike Link. And right. it, it, it was unlike him in 2000 and it is much more unlike him in 2019. Yes. Uh, I think I think you have hit on what the commentary was actually on. And I the reason I'm... The evidence I have is from Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. where they have... Uh, I don't know if people have played this game. It was a pretty unpopular game. Uh, <laughs> no one really liked it. It was not... Uh, just, so the, just kidding, everyone. <laughs> there's, these, there's these seeds that pop up in the environment, and you collect them to increase your inventory. Mm-hmm. If you get a certain amount of them and like the number's always increasing and you can keep opening up inventory spots and uh, there there are all these little puzzles and uh, little areas where you just kind of happen upon it in the environment. And it's since it's this huge world to explore, there's, I don't know, 900 of them, a thousand of them, some like huge, huge number. That's crazy. Uh, You you don't need them all. You don't need anywhere near all of them. Mm -hmm. I think the most I've probably gotten one-ninth of them, maybe. Okay. Um, like, that's plenty. I have plenty of swords. I have plenty of shields. I, you know, I'm good. Um, if you collect all of them, the game makes fun of you. <laughs> so you get this little golden trophy that apparently looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, it just kind of looks like a little turd. Um, and it even says, um, like, the item description says something about how, like, it has a weird odor kind of stinky oh no and it, and it does nothing so it's like the game <laughs> so it's like why'd you waste your time like this yeah the game's like what are you doing you didn't need all of these what's wrong with you go climb a mountain or something look how much game there is to explore stop <laughs> looking for these dumb things it's amazing yeah i think that's right and i think like you know one of the things that is i'm trying to think of how to say this like i think one of the things that is true about the Zelda games almost entirely is they value you actually going ahead and exploring the world far more than, uh, you know, completing everything in there. Like, oh, you know, I did you get every single item is not really something. It, it's something that I think people care about as they play the Zelda games. I have. I want to get every heart piece and stuff like that, but I don't think it's what the game cares about in any way. I mean, it's a Metroidvania in a certain sense in that you need particular items or what we know now is a Metroidvania. I don't want to... I, I I have attacked people for being uh, unrigorous with that historicism, so I don't want to sound like I'm doing it too. Um, but, you know, it's not what we would understand as a Metroidvania now exactly, but, you know, you do have to do certain things because you have to get certain items to get to certain different places. But, like, there's no real reason you couldn't beat the game with half of the heart pieces. You don't need all of them. Yeah, and sometimes the only reason I, I do all of the extra work to get those heart pieces is because I want I just want to experience the exploration of, like, finding yeah. all these things. Whether it's for the first time or it's I haven't played this game in ten years and I'm, I'm kind of, like, revisiting all this stuff and it still feels very fresh. Um I do space out my Zelda replays pretty well. Um, Seems smart. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, even the small games are, are big games, you know? Um, the, if you really mine it and look everywhere and find everything, and uh, it's worth it. Although if you, you know, if you get every one of those seeds in Breath of the Wild, the game will make fun of you. So don't do that. <laughs> but, I mean, these games definitely, like, they, they want you to enjoy the world they've built for you more than they want you to 
master the game. Like mastery of the game is is in many ways like anathema to Zelda, which is not a thought I've really worked out before. So uh, tell me if I'm wrong. But no, I think I think you're they the hard there's no difficulty in Zelda until you've beaten the game, and then a lot of the games have like the the master mode or whatever mm-hmm. um, the master quest difficulty right uh, so like yeah they're like okay you've experienced the game and you've learned the game and you've experienced the game world so like now if you want to do like a hard version of that that's cool but it's not like it's an option from the start because they really want they want you to come in and really experience it without having to worry about all that i think right yeah i think that's right and like you know one of the one of the things that i like most about zelda is that you know like playing so like i I'm old enough that um, the the Zelda that I think I'm probably most uh, most familiar with is it's a funny thing because like I definitely didn't play it more than a bunch of the other Zeldas. I've certainly played uh, a link to the past way more probably than any Zelda there is. Um, but like it's also true that I have played um, I, I know the map of Zelda one so well um and it it felt like everyone who was a kid when i was a kid just magically had this knowledge because of maps we found in nintendo power or whatever um and like the the cool thing about that is like just coming back to it and being like oh hey i know where to go now like i know what this place is It, it almost feels like visiting like an old uh a place that you knew in your old hometown or something like that it feels like going back to an to like a place you know really well and that's kind of the other flip side of adventure is that, like, the familiarity feels like you earned it in a certain way. It feels like, oh, yeah, I know this place. Like, I know I know these places. As I'm replaying, I, I remember this jump or I remember the bush that you need to burn here. Like, um, I've been here before and and not not in a gatekeepy way because, again, <laughs> it would be pointless to gatekeep Zelda. But, like, it it's a way where it's like, oh, yeah, no, like, I just know this. And that's, like, part of my part of what's fun about this game is that I do know this. That's what made Link Between Worlds work really well um, because it used the same map as Link to the Past. Mm, that's nice. And it was like that version of it, but it wasn't, you know, it was that world hundreds of years later or a thousand years later or whatever timeline, you know, it is. It was later, so it's not the exact same world because things change and things evolve. Sure. But some of the stuff that was there and some of the rules that exist within the Link to the Past uh, world like those are still in place so it managed to let you revisit an old friend um but it was still something very new so yeah they're were, they're were able to reuse things without it being nostalgia because it's you know i already made fun of final fantasy 7 earlier like i'm very sensitive to stuff that is just a nostalgia thing um and honestly i was surprised by how much i liked uh link between worlds because i was worried you know but Nintendo doesn't mess around with nostalgia, really. They just keep kind of pumping out awesome, awesome new shit. Yeah, no, that's right. Places. It's a funny thing. Um, oh, one. Can I say one more thing about Majora's Mask? By please, the way, please say tons of things about Majora's Mask. <laughs> that's great. So, one thing that does help keep it from falling, like keep you from falling into kind of despair. I think in terms of like, oh, everything feels kind of empty because none of it is sticking. Um, yeah, you really do like the environment you get to know in that game is really the town and the people in it. Um, and it's a weird thing that like, you know, more about every person in that town than they know about you. Um, (laughs) yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah. You're still a stranger in so many ways. Um, but like, you know them. Yeah. Uh, Right. And you know everything about them and you know, their routines and you know where they are and you know what they're going to say and what they're doing in it's this weird, like, one-sided familiarity, but it's kind of also, like, the thing Link and you as the player can, like, grab onto to not feel like, you know, you still, you, you like, care about those people. Yeah. Even if, you know, the same terrible thing's going to happen to them again and again and again because you're not there to help them this time. Right. It never actually matters, but you still care about them in a certain way. There is that connection. You know, that's a really good point. Like, it, it, it is a smaller map, but the actual sort of, like, map of um, 
The actual map of A Link to the... I'm sorry, not A Link to the Past. The actual map of Majora's Mask is basically like, you know, you go from person to person. It's a, almost a psychic or like a, a conversational map more than anything. Yeah, and it really kind of at a time before there were a lot of like uh, real-time clocks or anything and, you know, they weren't very... I don't know, mainstream's the wrong word, but it's not like games were full of them at that time where it was like, okay, I got to follow these routines and people are here at this time. And um, I don't, I don't think you interacted with game worlds in that way necessarily. Right. Um, much before that. And even in Zelda games, it doesn't, you know, they don't always have day night clocks and uh, the day night cycles. And they're not necessarily in like this repeating pattern, especially not to the degree of Majora's Mask, which is just three days over and over and over again. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, no, this is interesting. I think, like, one of the things I didn't expect to talk about necessarily this this episode, but I'm glad we did, uh, is basically, like, I, I didn't really think about that we would talk about, like, why the Zelda games work. Um, and, like, one of the reasons for that is because I think people just like the Zelda games, and so, like, actually talking about why they work feels um, a little silly. Um, like, yeah, okay, they, they work. <laughs> That's... That's all. That's all I know. Like I know, I know they're good, um, and that's basically all I need to know. Um, but there is something really like profoundly unique about them in the way that they don't care about how good you are at the game. They don't care about how invested you are in finding everything. It doesn't really reward the same stuff that other games do. It, it really rewards sort of like a. I mean, it rewards adventurous mindsets as opposed to um collecting ones yeah i think that's probably part of what made people upset with skyward sword which is a great game and like critically acclaimed and people loved it and bought it in droves um and still you know it wasn't the best zelda ever so right there you know there's plenty to complain about it is amazing that you can do a game that wins game of the year and just have all these like critiques because you're comparing it to 30 years of history or whatever Right. Um, but the, the critiques are also legitimate. They completely overhauled how they were doing Zelda games because of the reception to Skyward Sword, where it's like, this game is perfect at what it is. I wish it wasn't this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it's, it's basically like you're looking at a game where you... It, it's maybe the one series where... I mean, I'm trying to think of other series where this would be the case. I guess Dark Souls um, would be a good version of this, or... I mean, Fallout is not this because Fallout changed the the formula quite a few times. But like, it's it's the one game where you can't just improve upon like the graphics and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You actually just need you need to stick with the actual like. You actually need to stick with like the the claims or like the appeal of the game where it started. Um, and you can't you can't rely on what you normally would rely on with video games, which is like, oh, people will love how this looks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Skyward Sword was beautiful, and I get what they were trying to do, but they were like, so this ties back to an earlier conversation about skipping episodes. You know, the first six hours are fine, but six hours is longer than it takes to play Link to the Past, and that's right. how long it takes you to get like the freedom to go do something in that game. So they tried to make this, yeah, they just tried to make this, they tried to make a big, huge game, but they tried to make a big, huge game using the rules of other games instead of kind of coming up with their new rules. And that's what made Breath of the Wild stand out is you're 30 seconds into that game and the game's like, sure, you're trapped on an island right now (laughs) or a plateau, but you're trapped in a plateau that has a map that is like huge comparatively and also when you step off of this there's so much gain you're not going to know what to do but you can you could stay on that for six hours and not be bored right like find new things and you're not restricted by the game where skyward sword was so plot heavy up front because they're trying to tie you know it's a prequel to all the zelda games so they're trying to like tie all this stuff together um it's just like not helpful I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's also like, much. who cares about that when you're playing a Zelda game? Like, why did, why, why should I care about plot? Like, the whole point is that it's low on plot. It's, here's your sword. Um, there's someone in danger. Uh, don't ask me any questions. Just go do it. 
yeah, I mean, I, I care about plot in the Zelda game, but I care about the themes of the Zelda game, I think, more than I care about what the plot is, mm-hmm. which is why I'm drawn to Link's Awakening, why I'm drawn to Majora's Mask the most. Yeah, I mean, even those games, right? Like, like Majora's Mask has those weird giant guys who you meet when you get, like, uh, when you beat the bosses and stuff, and, and you learn you learn yeah, how yeah. to beat Skull Kid and all. But, like, by and large, the plot of that game is, this Skull Kid guy is really, like, a bad dude. Um, <laughs> he got he got mixed. He's mixed uh, mixed up with the wrong crowd. Yeah, he stole your mask, and now he's gonna ruin the world. Um, you probably should stop him. Um, yeah. And and Link's Awakening is the same way as you sort of said earlier, which is like, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of like, oh, um, you know, you're in a dream, Link, and uh, we're gonna lay out all the implications for you. Like the owl's just like, you need to wake the windfish. The windfish is dreaming. Uh, or, you know, someone's dreaming. And then later on, it's like, actually, it's the windfish that's dreaming. And that's the plot. And that's like, I mean, you know, I love Nier Automata and I'm not trying to compare the two. But like the the sort of like existential commentary there is similar in theme to Nier um, without also being like a 60 hour plot heavy game, which is kind of marvelous. Yeah, I mean, that's it leaves a lot of room for you to kind of interpret as you wish. Uh, and I don't mean in like the, like you, you don't have to fill in the blanks or whatever. You can just like play the go dungeon to dungeon to dungeon and explore. But you can also think about what it means to wake the windfish, mm-hmm. like we were discussing before. And the game just like leaves you that space to do it, which then when they go, actually the game is doing this, you know, it kind of pulls you back from whatever you were thinking and makes you kind of reckon with that versus the new information that's been presented to you. Yeah, definitely. It's it's subtle and also not at all subtle because it's kind of a hammer that comes down in like the eleventh hour of the game. Uh, <laughs> it leaves you enough time to think about it though the implications of like, oh oh shoot oh I'm not just I'm not just waking up like I do every night. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Ah nuts. I, I have to murder everybody. This is oh. this is real bad news for me. <laughs> I'm the guy who gets people's chickens and now I have to murder everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been really uh, uh, illustrative for me uh, as well, Mark. So I, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything we missed? Is there anything you wanted to, to touch on specifically? Well, we can talk for another hour about the timeline, if you'd like. <laughs> What's your favorite just, part of the timeline? I can just send you some slides. Uh, my favorite part of the timeline right now is that we don't know what timeline Breath of the Wild is in. Uh huh. And it's actually bothering me, and I'm ashamed to admit that. It's bothering you? It's bothering me because there are, it could, like, there's so much in, in Breath of the Wild that it's like, well, obviously it's this game. And then you'll go somewhere else and you'll be like, but wait a minute, <laughs> this can't exist in this timeline. Shit. So. Is it, isn't like, I mean, I guess I have I to don't ask. know why I care. No, I why, why I is, care. why is plot so important to you in a Zelda game? It's not, but this is just, like, a kind of a neat thing to, like, you know, we talk about exploring the world and, like, the value of revisiting the world of Link to the Past, and it's, you know, an old friend that you're checking in on and seeing what's changed. Right. There are three separate worlds in Zelda, and I don't know which one that belongs in. Hmm. Okay. So, it's kind of an issue, like, which, which, which world is it a progression of? And does it matter if it's actually plot or... Would it be would it be better if it was thematically consistent? Well, that's the thing. In, in these games, it, it never t- it never directly ties. Um, sure, yeah. You're not like, well, obviously this is because the, they don't know they're in a different timeline. You know, like right. there's there's none of that. Um, it's just kind of like an outside view. Hmm. Um, so it's just interesting in that sense where you go somewhere and you're like, oh hey, look at that. Um, well, it sounds yeah, great. <laughs> This is Zelda game. People should try this game. I don't know. I, just, I think it's going to pick up. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know. I don't know. People give it a chance. Um, well, thank you so much for being on, Mark. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, at marknormandon.com. That's M-A-R-C. Um, that will uh, bring you right to my Patreon uh, because you won't be able to read a word except for the stuff I've already unlocked without it. But it's cool. And there's stuff he's unlocked, which, I mean, honestly, that'll give you an idea. Come on. Yeah, I I try to unlock, like, a post a month, uh, roughly. And I've been doing this since January now, so. 
It's like 12 posts. That's, I don't think that's how time works. But Well. <laughs> I might have unlocked. I think I know a little more about time than you do. Well, it's, co- it's a lot coming from the guy who hasn't finished Majora's Mask. That's true. I'm on that, uh, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. I'm trying to deal with some <laughs> mysteries right now in that game. <laughs> having having some trouble. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, I got a cool plug-in on the site, so you can just uh, you don't have to like sign up for the site. If you just subscribe to the Patreon, you then have access to the stuff on the site. It's pretty nifty. That is cool. I didn't know you had that because I just get it in my email and don't go to your site. Yeah, I don't. You know, I as someone who doesn't like to open emails, I feel compassion for all the people who didn't sign up when it was just a newsletter, and also I want them to give me money. See, there's your there's your uh, mistake. You should never feel empathy for the people who are your customers. Hmm. I like to think of them as what's a portmanteau of readers and friends? Uh, victims. Ah, yeah. there it is. <laughs> Mark, please come back again soon. I will. I will. Wonderful. Once I have something else to talk about, <laughs> which will be very soon, probably sooner than you need. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon.